I'm gonna leave ha, Somebody new to give me fever Like you used to do All my heart is longing for you You won't give me fever Like somebody new oh. For somebody new to give me fever Like you used to do Fran from Wukan, how are you? Thanks for uh, being on my goofy little podcast here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. It's been such a long time coming. Feeling good today. It really has been a long time coming. I feel like, you know, we've been talking about this for so long and I was like, I was so happy that the stars aligned and you reached out to me yesterday and you're like, let's do this. I'm off tomorrow. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's a Friday. Hell yeah. Let's do this. (laughs) But, uh, so I first discovered Wukan, um, back when, um, Oh gosh, I forgot the name of the album already. Hold on a second. I, so I, was it Vikama or So the Wind or was it So the Wind? Else? So the Wind. That so was the one. That was the one that I really. Um, and it's funny because this is where things like um, uh, streaming media and stuff come in yeah. very handy yeah. for me as a music fan, because you know I'm not really a journalist. I'm a writer, and I started doing this about. 10 or 11 years ago because you know i'm a musician myself but i've got a passion for music and i am more attracted to bands who are not very famous and so like most people and i'm sure you're the same way it's like if you get excited about a band the first thing you want to do is share them with everybody you know like you have to check this out you know and yeah. I think what happened was I was listening to Cadaver one day and I clicked on like the fans also like tab on Spotify and yeah. you guys came up and you had the big wizard hat and everything. And I was like, oh, I need to listen to that. <laughs> and then I fell in love right away. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's the looks, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just the same, you know, and um, the, the big hat was um, I'm not sure if I if, if we're talking about the same pictures because I have like um worn hats several times mm-hmm. it's something about um the, the way bands present themselves right that was how i actually got into cadaver because they looked interesting and then i checked them out and i fell in love with their music it's really funny because normally you don't want to think that a um that the image of a band would be, you know, would be what would draw you in. But it's interesting because there's something uh, like when I saw the picture of you guys, my first thought was, okay, if they sound the way they look like, then I know I'm going to like this because it was kind of like the vibe of the music personified. Yeah. Right. But this is, I think this is one of the both, good and bad you know it's it's a blessing and a curse at the same time for bands these days now we have the opportunity to present ourselves the way we want to mm-hmm. but you know as you said if they sound what what they look like then it's going to be fine um yeah that's that's um sometimes i feel like a bit challenging even because yeah you know sometimes you you see these bands and, and you're like oh my god they look amazing and 
aesthetic let's be real is a big thing image is a big thing these days mm -hmm. with instagram and facebook and the internet <laughs> as such and then sometimes it can even be a little disappointing <laughs> when you have when you find a band that is amazing and or, or they look amazing and then they disappoint on the music musical level so to speak it's really interesting because i've actually even seen it uh backfire sometimes for some people uh there's a an incredible band out of uh, Sweden that I love called uh, Lycanthropy. And um, they, you know, are just amazing, but they have this very like woodsy in the forest kind of almost kind of like a hippie look in the lead singer me she has like dreadlocks and you know yeah. of course like one of my friends who is like completely not into hippies at all he was like oh of course you like them they look like dirty hippies and i was like but listen to i was like but listen to them and then of course he listened to them and he was like wow this is really good and i was like yes i said so i feel like sometimes like you said like it it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing, but you know. I mean, every artist, like everyone expresses themselves the way they want to. And if it, you know, if there's a connection with the fans and with the audience, that's fine. And if somebody doesn't like um, the way bands present themselves, I feel like it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but unfortunately it is. Mm -hmm. And frankly, looking back, I don't even think it has been any different in the past mm -hmm. because people are trying to glorify the 70s and the 80s. But image has always been a big thing. So it always you know. has been. And I'll be honest, like I, you know, coming coming from <laughs> from being a fat American musician, like I don't like it when I see these guys in these like little tiny T-shirts that look like they fit toddlers. You know, like I, I like <laughs> I like bands that kind of that I guess, I guess have an image of sorts, but don't completely rely on it. You know, it's like, you're not like kiss, but you're not like, you know, like I always look like graveyard graveyard always looks like they just got out of bed, you know, yeah. you know, and they're grungy looking, but they sound the way they look, you know? And so there's gotta be some sort of like a, you know, yeah, you know, like I, I play in kind of like a roots rock band here in Georgia and it's kind of, yeah. you know, we're in the South. And so at first, when we first started, you know, we were wearing, you know, flannel shirts with the sleeves rolled up and cowboy boots, you know, and trying to kind of look the look. And once we kind of got established, then we just quit trying and we just wore blue jeans and T-shirts all the time. But yeah. most people could look at a picture of us and go, oh, yeah, yeah, we can get an idea of what your band sounds like yeah yeah but that, that, that's a good idea i mean when 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 they get the idea um, of what what you sound like then that's perfect right it totally is it totally is and like i said when i first stumbled upon you guys i was so taken back because you know a lot of the bands that i really love are you know, Swedish occult rock and Finnish occult rock and, you know, a handful of American bands here and there. And, you know, Cadaver was like the German explosion for me. You know, I was just like, yeah. wow, I was like, this is fucking crazy. And then I heard you guys and I was like, like if Cadaver was like on 10, like Wukan was on 12, like it was just so over the top and just... <laughs> 
fun and i sent you the video of me singing like i'm gonna leave you you know like like, it's like i can't it's like it's like i it's like you can't even just sing it normal like ah, you have to just like i'm gonna leave you know like you just have to like throw it all to it and one of the things i was curious is that so your influence as a performer and a writer um being so intense and so over the top like where does that come from Oh, oh, long, long story. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, we have time, uh, so you can tell. St- <laughs> you know? uh, well, if you give me the time, I will sit here until tomorrow. <laughs> There's just so much to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm actually thinking about it. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you can't deny we've been influenced by the 70s, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite era in music, generally best productions I've ever heard were the ones from the seventies and the Mm eighties even. And I mean, the core question is, is what is rock and roll? You know, rock and roll to me is passion. Mm -hmm. I love passion. I live for passion. Basically everything that I do, I do with passion. And, um, you know, when I started Wukan, it started out as a hobby, as like a little side project because I was a student. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I wanted it to be big, you know, and to me, Wukan is pretty big. It's my it's like the most important thing in my life. It's literally my life achievement so far. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to put my all into it. You know, I wanted to put yeah i don't know it's it's the influence really is in the 70s and in how bands performed back in the day and i mean look at the great uh front men and front women of the time Mm -hmm. that was something about them they sang their hearts out they lived what they did and i wanted to do the same and i I literally i I felt and i still feel what i what i write you know Mm -hmm. so yeah for some people, it's too dramatic. I understand because sometimes I feel like um, the trend in rock and roll these days is understatement, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's I, I couldn't even do it any other way. That's that's something. Yeah, I wanted to say as well. I don't even think I could do it any other way. Mm-hmm. Like shoegaze music, that wouldn't be for me. I'm always here, a hundred and ten percent. So yeah. Well, and that's and that's one of the things that I think I've always been attracted to, and I think that that's also part of one of the things like that I admire so much about the uh, you know the Finnish bands and the German and Sweden, and you know is that it's like you guys just don't give a fuck, like which is great, you know. I mean, I feel like in a time where. we're still kind of in this time of like trying to be modernized and trying to be, you know, you know, like, like super heavy or like whatever. But at the same time, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that with this kind of throwback of music, you know, where like you get bands like Wukan who are, like you said, influenced by, you know, the seventies. I mean, I hear like when I listen to you guys, like I hear, you know, like, like like some like gritty Aerosmith kind of sound, some like you know Jethro Tull type of thing, you know, like where it's got that yeah. attitude. Some bands though pull it off and do it really well, you know, like you guys and Graveyard and um, Jess and the Ancient Ones. 
but then some people some bands to me sound like it's they try too hard like it's contrived so like is that something that you've noticed from the inside where you can kind of identify with like yeah they're the real deal and they're just doing this because it's kind of cool right now Ah uh, well, I wouldn't say uh, we 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 identify that from the inside, but I know because you know once you're in that scene, you know everybody. It's mm -hmm. like a big network, right? There is no band out there that you're not connected with. Um, we Germans say around five corners, like somehow you know them. Mm -hmm. You know you mm -hmm. have like I don't know. How do you say that? That's a good question, actually. Should improve my English here. Like you don't, you might not know them personally, mm -hmm. but you know someone who knows them, or who knows someone who knows them. You know. I thought that and, was a great description, by the way. The around five corner, like I love that because it's like it's it's very cyclical. You know, like it's like a cycle. It's like you're even yeah. if you don't know someone personally, you know someone who knows this band. Yeah. You know exactly, and this is this is how it is. Uh, and then, of course, you hear stories about some bands and uh, we heard of, you know, when we toured Sweden, we were um, Ulf Andersen, he's he's a, a big Vukan supporter. He has always been and Sweden for us has always been a great audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was insane what happened to us in Sweden. People sang our German songs along with us. It was nuts. Right. And Ulf brought us there. And he told us some stories about some bands that we knew. And he said that, you know, sometimes in Sweden, people get together just to, yeah, just to try hard to become something that they're really not. Mm -hmm. And after our show in Röfte, it's, it's spelled completely differently, but I mm -hmm. remember he pronounced it Röfte. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. <laughs> if a Swedish person is listening mm -hmm. now, I apologize. And he said, uh, wow, this show was so great. And you have something special, Vukan. You are friends. And that's not the case with everyone, which I thought was so weird because I, I would have never... He, he named some bands, right? But I would have never known. Mm -hmm. And he said they were only in for the business. But like I said, I, I don't know. They are basically on the same level as us, like the, the other bands that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with the smaller ones, like the upcoming bands, the newcomers, sometimes it feels like they are not themselves, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say they are trying too hard or whatnot, but I feel like they're denying themselves a little bit. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're, they're, they're not – they're trying to shape themselves into something that they think is going to – put them into a certain category or something instead of just being honest you know like i'd love nothing more than to play like wukan music or graveyard or anything like that but that's not where i come from as a musician yeah. and so if i even tried like you would be like oh what a sad man like he's <laughs> you know he's trying so hard but it just because you know that's not where my roots come from as a musician and so yeah, you kind of have to know who you are and what you are as an artist and 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 and, and perfect your skill and and do as good as you can in that instead of trying to be something else absolutely and that's what i was you know trying to get across in the previous question because um no matter what i do 
no matter what project I'm in, I'm always going to be friends. And mm -hmm. this is always going to sound like, I mean, I do have some other projects coming up and I find it really hard not to bring my own personality in it as much as I do with Wukong because I'm, I'm currently working on a heavy metal project, mm -hmm. which is not my project. It's uh, basically a friend's project, but he asked me to sing and to write lyrics. And I know what the project takes, what it needs, you know, and I really have to step back a little bit. It's a new experience for me, but um, you will always, <laughs> you are always going to hear that it's me and mm -hmm. you are always going to hear my influences, no matter how hard I try to live up to the standards or mm -hmm. the needs of the of that project you know you can't deny your own personality basically that's very true like you can't change yeah I, I mean you can like what's i'm trying to find the good word like you can kind of be like a chameleon of sorts like you can kind of change how you do something you know like if like obviously if you're gonna do this metal project it's not gonna musically sound like you know, Wukan, but it's going to sound like Fran because because yeah. yeah, that's you and you're, you're not going to change your voice or how you do things just, you know, depending upon what music you're doing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, looking back, I, I, I feel like I had a big issue in the beginning of um, my career with finding my own voice and my own style. And I, yeah, you know, I regularly fall back into comparing myself to other artists. I mean, there is a bunch of great artists out there. I mean, just look at what's been really um, successful in the Swedish scene in the past, let's say, three years. Um, I'm talking about Hellas, for example. I love them. They are so inspirational for me. That is and an amazing band, over the top, space over rock. The top. And <laughs> You know, I had to realize no matter how hard I try, I could learn how to play the synthesizer. I could learn how to write uh, 70s prog rock songs that mm -hmm. are a little more danceable. I will, we will never sound like them. We will never be them. Right. And this is nothing to be said about, but it took me a long time to, to come to terms with, you know, just me being me and Vukan being Vukan. We will never be anything else than Vukan. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, just make the best out of it. You know, it sounds sad when I say that, but <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, know, it doesn't. By other artists. Yeah, I don't think it sounds sad at all. I, actually, if anything, I think it sounds uh, inspiring because you know, like I told you, like even as a musician, you know, I'm 47 and I've been playing music since I was you know, 17, I've been in bands and, you know, I did the punk thing and I did the metal thing. And, you know, it's like you said, like you're always kind of just searching for you, your own self. And I think that yeah. when I truly found myself, when I started playing, you know, folk music and whatnot, you know, in the, you know, mid nineties, that was when I was like, okay, this is who I am, you know? And, you know, I, I, I can't be Neil Young and I can't be David Crosby and I can't be yeah. anybody else. You know, it's like, I'm just me, you know, and, and sometimes I wish I wasn't just me because I'd like to be <laughs> somebody else, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just who it is. And once you embrace that, then you can 
continue to just grow and be better. So you were talking about your like influences. Um, Let's go back in time a little bit. Say like before, you know, Wukan, when Fran was a young lady, just grow. Well, you're still a young lady, but when you were a younger, (laughs) much younger, like what was it that drew you into music? Like what made you want to do this? Oh, good question. I think it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love that. <laughs> That's great. That is that. <laughs> Nobody expected this from me, but yeah, I used to be an absolute fanatic, mm-hmm. an absolute mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers fanatic when I was 14. That's when I discovered them. Before that, I would listen to Beyonce. That Destiny's Child, Beyonce, all kinds of R&B, because that is what my mother listened to. Mm -hmm. And I have always been a big music fan. So I tried to sing like Beyonce. Um, That didn't work out quite as well. But (laughs) she was she was my biggest inspiration as a child, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered the Red Hot Chili Peppers and I wanted to become uh, a guitar player, Mm -hmm. which happened. But um, yeah, I wanted to be like John Frusciante. That's amazing. That, that, that was that. And I listened to their music. I got myself an electric guitar, um, despite my mom not wanting me to. And then I started playing guitar and here we are. <laughs> you know, I always find it so interesting that a lot of musicians don't play the kind of music that necessarily inspired them to like get started, you know. You know, when I heard Twist when I heard Twisted Sister in 1983 and I heard those oh loud guitars, I was like, I want that. I want that <laughs> guitar and I want to be loud and I want to just play it, you know, and again, you know, yeah, 30 something years later I'm playing acoustic guitar and you know, <laughs> but like it gets you it it's it's that excitement of hearing a band that just and there's always something because it's it's always one particular band or something that just hits you in a certain place whether it's your heart or your mind or whatever that says oh man i want to do that i want to make people feel the way i feel when i listen to this oh yes that's exactly it that's exactly it yeah you just hit it right on the nail bam there it is yeah that's how i felt when i started making music i Mm -hmm. wanted to do i wanted to make music that made me feel like the music i was listening to Literally. And I'm still in the process of doing that. So, you know, I mean, Wukan has now been been around for, I mean, the first release came out in 2014, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, it's crazy to think that like 2014 doesn't, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but for a band these days, it that that's yeah. a, that, I mean, you guys are still going and, yeah. you know, with the whole COVID thing right now and the, you know, us being in lockdown and us not being able to play gigs or tour or anything, what is it that's keeping you together with this? Because so many bands are starting to either fall apart or be affected in a negative way. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, even as a musician, I could use the advice. So, like, what are you doing to stay passionate and to keep it together? Oh, good question. I mean, 2020 has really been a roller coaster for us. <clears throat> um, Tim is now a father, so we're happy for him. Um, but it, it 
brought some change in the band, obviously. I mean, mm -hmm. he has responsibilities now and he also moved away from Dresden because of his job. And that means that we have to re rearrange some things in the band. And, you know, he hasn't been with us for a month, I would say. Mm -hmm. So Alex, Phil and I, we have um, done rehearsals um, without him. But honestly, um, the only thing that is keeping us alive at this point is looking forward to producing new music. We have been working on music and um, for a long time now. It's been almost two years and oh, it's weird. You know, looking back on those two years um, since we started writing for album number three, uh, we really had to figure out what we wanted because um, uh, Reap the Storm, even though it is my favorite release, um, it didn't do as well as everybody had hoped. And uh, yeah, we had to figure out what we are going to do music-wise. We had mm -hmm. to really evaluate our songs. We had to be critical of ourselves. And we are doing that because we love to play live. Mm -hmm. You know, the albums are nice. You know, albums are a good thing, but the real deal is always to play live because you are connecting with the audience on a different level. And what keeps us going is literally hoping to be able to play live again soon. But we'll see how that goes. I Yeah. And I, I mean, because I feel the same way is that, you know, like my band here, you know, we've only made you know two albums and we've got a new drummer and we were planning on making another one this summer. Yeah. And, you know, of course, that all got shut down. But at the same time, I think one of the things that I miss the most is that interaction with people, whether it's. 15 people or 100 people or however many people we would play for there's that there's something validating to you yeah. as a musician that when you can play live you know i always say that like my most nerve-wracking moment is that first song and when the first song is over and people cheer and, yeah. I, and I know we're not sucking, then I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is great. You know, like yeah. I am off and running. And I think that like what's getting, what gets me by too is the same thing is just kind of looking to a future of like, okay, it'll eventually happen again. But for right now, I've got to keep busy and keep creative. That's, that's it. I mean, like I said, we didn't really have the opportunity to be as creative as we wanted to because <clears throat> For about two months of 2020, we didn't have the opportunity to meet up at all. Mm -hmm. Some bands do um, Zoom rehearsals. That wouldn't even work for me um, because <laughs> my internet that. connection is used to be. It used to be so terrible. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, we couldn't rehearse for a long time. And um, that made me really sad because I felt like we were missing out on being able to work on our songs mm -hmm. and work on the album. And yeah, then Tim moved away. I mean, it's a lot of stress right now. I'm actually glad, to be honest, that we do have um, the break because of COVID. So we have more time to um, work on the album now. Right. Because, you know, usually we would have released it by now. If everything went as planned, um, album number three would be out by now. And I don't think that it would have been a good one mm -hmm. because we're still working on some of the things that, you know, the writing process is so interesting. I mean, I do have 
our first single is going to be Far and Beyond, um, a song which um, can be heard in the in the um, crowdfunding video mm-hmm. because I put I put it in there. It's going to be one of our singles and probably the first one. And I'm still like even today I worked on the song and I had some ideas uh, for guitar riffing and uh-huh. I wrote this song back in January. Oh wow! And still I'm here working on it. Like oh, I don't know this, this song is not right. <laughs> I need a little bit of something here and then the verse. I don't know how to sing it perfect because it has to be perfect. You know, you want to go out there and you want to smash it. Mm-hmm. The song has to really. I don't know. It has to be good. And if you if you are a working person with a normal schedule mm-hmm. every day to have a band and have like standards for yourself and your songwriting, oh well, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of work. It really does. And you also have to be, like you said, especially if you work a job, you know, or you you know you have another profession aside from being a musician. It's almost like you have to have this kind of split personality and. If you're like me, sometimes it's so draining, but you have to kind of morph into that other person in order to kind of keep it separated, you know, and to get into that artistic mindset. Yeah. It's not something to be rushed. And so that's what I was going to ask you is about the break. Was was it like – so you obviously kind of – it, you know, made the best of it and just said, you know, if I, we had this break, I'm going to take my time and be creative instead of feeling like you have to rush and put out an album and then get out and play shows again. Yeah. 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 Well, I wish it was as easy as that. I mean, some stuff in my private life happened, which I had to take care of first. Mm-hmm. So when the lockdown started, I was really creative. Um, I started even working on a solo project, which was going to be some folk music. I still have the songs lying around here, but I never (laughs) have gotten around to recording them properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, after that thing happened in my private life, I really had to take, you know, I I had to rest. I couldn't Mm -hmm. couldn't be bothered with uh, writing music, recording music, because I felt like there's so much going on in the world right now. And it's it's hard to explain because I feel like a lot of people are influenced by this or went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people went into this, you know, hiatus almost right. in order to reevaluate themselves <clears throat> almost. It, no, it's really true. And, you know, to kind of touch base on what you were talking about, about needing to take a break and everything. One of the things I've always been which is where I think you and I have also connected on a certain level is with uh, mental health and you've been remarkably open about you know speaking out about your mental health and whatnot which I think is fantastic because it's breaking the stigma somewhat um, has that had any kind of effect on you from fans and whatnot or from just people in general, like in a good way or a bad way, being so open about it? Yeah, I think both both happened mm-hmm. um, because as it's it's funny how you are perceived as a front woman. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this idea of a front woman being mysterious, um, sexy, obviously um, alluring. 
uh, yeah, all, all of the things that you associate with with a, a front man, but then also have like the the female attribute to it. Mm -hmm. um, that was obviously taken away when I started talking about my depression, you know, and how it has affected me in the past. And you know what? It affected my musical career in many ways. Um, when I was still in 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 the mindset of of a like severely depressed person i was behaving some sometimes i was behaving like an absolute asshole i was right constantly, here <laughs> yeah i know see, exactly what I you mean, mean if you are constantly fighting a war inside your head mm -hmm. what are you going to do to the people around you you will not have love for them and it took me a lot of effort to reverse that mindset mm -hmm. i went through therapy for it and um, I was open about it because I felt like I needed to get some things straight because I have, you know, word has come to me that people think or thought back then that I was an arrogant asshole, which I behaved like one. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. So have I, <laughs> you know. <laughs> What was that? Sorry. Said, so have I, you know, but. <laughs> but you have no other choice when you are mentally ill. And that's what I was. Mm -hmm. You have no other choice, but be at least be a weirdo. You know, you're not going to behave. I mean, for some people like my grandma, she she didn't know I was depressed. She just thought I was moody mm -hmm. or, you know, just a bitch. But <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was mentally ill. I didn't know about it until I got a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then some people didn't believe me because uh, apart from being moody, um, I was behaving normally. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I wanted to get this across. I wanted to tell people, hey, you know what? You might not believe it because in your book, it looks like I have everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a successful band. I have a job. I don't look like a person that is depressed mm -hmm. but here i am i have a diagnosis and i've been working on myself and now i have come out of this absolute hell and i'm willing to share my story because once you realize what your patterns are you see them in other people mm -hmm. and that's when you realize oh holy shit a lot of people have a lot of problems and you don't necessarily have to um go to therapy but just take an honest look at yourself. That's that's what I have realized. Like a lot of people seem to have issues themselves. And once somebody comes out and says, hey, you know what? I'm doing better because I got help. Mm -hmm. It might help them as well. I think that's, again, like that's so remarkable. And I, I've tried to do the same thing in, in social media on my end is to kind of share um, you know, I, I've posted pictures of myself, you know, having a panic attack. I've posted pictures of myself my where I'm laying in bed under a weighted blanket after having a, you know, anxiety attack. And I think that to make it real and to make it just seem like, you know, it doesn't really have a face. Like you can't always just look at someone and go, oh, wow, I can tell they're bipolar or that they have obsessive disorder or that they've got depression and anxiety yeah. you know people used to just look at me and think like you know oh wow he's always high energy and he talks a lot and he's just you know you know and he's you know it's fun but 
people didn't realize that, you know, in order to go to a show and be around people, I had to have, you know, two or three beers and I had to go right home and take a shower and sometimes, you know, have like a anxiety attack because I'd been around all these people. So you don't see it in other people, but when you share those experiences, you, you hope that maybe someone who is connect, who has those same experiences that you're describing might say, wow, that sounds kind of like what I go through. Maybe I should go talk to somebody. Yeah. And you see, that's, that's what I experienced after I did this, a long post on 20 in 2018 on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember that one. Ten, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a long one. Um, and it was cathartic to do that. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was like, I felt cleansed after it. And this is when my life began. Um, that like, I, I'm not saying this lightly. It was literally when my life began from then on, I decided that was the point my life would change. And it did like my personal life. Some things weren't as um, nice, but, you know, I, I started to have a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least 10 people, 10, 20 people um, emailed me and said, oh, my God, I didn't know you went through this. Thanks for helping me out. And, oh, my God, I, I now I got help because of you. That was and that was only on Facebook. I'm not mm-hmm. this is not even a big account, you know. Right. That was I only have like a couple of hundred friends, which is nothing in terms of um Facebook, right? But anyways, a bunch of people texted me and that gave me so much hope. I was like, damn, I it seems like I made a difference here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of a thin line between trying to help somebody and throwing a pity party, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to do that. And I never tried to do that. Mm-hmm. I was I was always posting these things on a positive note and saying, hey, I made it. And it is possible to get out of this. It was not meant to be a, a pity party at all. I'm not I'm not a person to do that. I hope at least. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I, that was one of the things that actually really made me want to connect with you, to be honest, because when I saw that, I, my first thought was this is this is special. Like, I feel like more people, you know, should be able to do this. But this is something I've noticed, too, is that in talking to a lot of uh, some like a lot of my friends who are musicians or artists or writers or whatever, sometimes people think that um a lot of their in like like their inspiration for writing or for whatever comes from this kind of place where we're kind of you know i hate to use the word but where we're like a little broken and yeah, that yeah. sometimes i feel like people worry as i did is that if you start to treat it then do you lose that musical do you do you, do you know what i mean like do you lose yeah. that edge yeah. do you lose that <laughs> yeah. like like am i going to start writing coldplay songs instead of like writing these kind of dark you know southern songs that i write but you know did you was that kind of a concern for you as well it absolutely was it absolutely was i was really concerned with losing my um ability to write but Mm -hmm. you know what this might sound woo-woo but um since you know since lockdown basically i got i got big into like the law of assumption law Mm -hmm. of attraction stuff so i kind of see the things now as i used to write all these negative songs 
And this is how things have perpetuated in my life, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and now I believe that I can still write songs about the things that move me, but we're always we're always ending on a high note, so mm -hmm. to speak. So that, that was my intention with writing Night to Fall, because I sing this is going to be my last night to fall. Oh, I, I won't song. find a new dawn. You know, that was that was the song that I used to sort of um, work through my depression mm -hmm. and how 2018 has changed me and how it only took me and my own will to change my life around. That was the only thing I needed mm -hmm. in my case. You know, I know there's other cases out there, but I tried to not do it with medication at first. I don't know what's going to happen with me. I have been quite stable, mm -hmm. but 2020 has been a challenge. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> for every, I know this is, this is like the worst time for people with mental health problems yeah. right now. Because it we is. already have the mental health issues that we deal with on a regular basis, plus yeah. everything else is happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I really have learned to do, and um, I have to remind myself to do this, but be kind to yourself. Acknowledge the struggle that you go through and just say, hey, I'm having a bad day. And it's been like the eighth day in a row that I'm feeling like this. That's no... That's no wonder, okay? Mm -hmm. it's, it's 2020, everything is going to shit, basically. Um, lockdown number two is just around the corner here in Germany, at mm -hmm. least. Um, you are allowed to feel that way. It's okay, because better times are coming. Just, I don't know, keep your head up, try to get through this. It's going to happen. But I feel like a lot of times what people don't do is be kind to themselves. Right. That's and that's a hard thing to do, you know, and especially for yeah. artists, because yeah. I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to say, oh, I should be writing about this or I should be, you know, using this to write. And, you know, you can't force yourself to, to write or to churn out new material. But, you know, you can do things positive and you can do things kind of fun, which is, I have to say, I laughed my ass off when I saw that you guys were having a kraut funding. Yeah. That to me was like, I laughed so hard when I saw that. I was yeah. like, that is fucking brilliant. It's a kraut funding. I love it. Like, so what is going to come out of that? And of course that had to be a great experience for you guys because you not only met the goal, but exceeded it. We exceeded it. We're we have forty four days to go, and I mean That's this amazing. is insane. This is one of the best things in twenty twenty. And seriously, I needed this lay uh, sorry ray of light in mm -hmm. my life right now because everything has been doom and gloom before that, and now this thing is going so well. I'm so thankful for everybody who um, donated so far and supported us so far. Yeah, I mean we exceeded it. Um, we are almost um, at reaching our second goal, which is ten thousand euros. I mean, can you can you imagine oh. ten thousand? <laughs> it's fucking insane. That, that, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like it's like my band did one for a thousand dollars the last time last album we put out, and we were like, woohoo, 
we made eleven hundred dollars. You know, so I can't even imagine getting to that goal because, like, what is it? What 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 is going to come out of that for the fans and whatnot that have kind of contributed to this? Yeah. So I mean, we are going to um, record and release three singles at first because mm-hmm. you know. Recording an album right now is not the way to go, honestly, because we don't know what's going to happen in 2021. Right. Um, yeah, so we are going to release those over the course of the next year. And everybody who supported us will receive um, a vinyl copy of those three singles, which mm-hmm. is strictly limited. So only the people who donated will receive them. So mm-hmm. we are not going to have them on tour or anything. Or, you know just whatever they donated for um, could be a shirt that they bought or we had some, you know, smaller priced items Mm -hmm. and um, like tote bags and batches and stuff like that. So, yeah. So for us, it's basically just going to be, um, you know, keeping us alive as a band, keeping us noticed. Um, And yeah, uh, just, yeah. How do you say that? Paving the way for the new album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Well, I, I am super excited to hear the new material because one of the things I've I've loved is that, you know, that there's always been this kind of, at least for me listening to Wukan, is that there's been a, a, like a steady level of growth from album to album with almost like a building of confidence as it goes, but it still sounds like Wukan, you know, so what can you tell me about the new songs as far as like what they're going to sound like and, or like, you know, where they came from? Yeah. Well, we are going to have our, you know, stable piece of German crowd rock music. <laughs> uh, this is something that I, I re like, I love German language and music. Um, now we have a couple of other bands in Germany who do that as well. I'm really excited about that. And, um, yeah, so it's going to be a political song again because I feel like German and political issues go together very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be our second or third um, third single. It has a weird name. I'm not going to say it right now because it's borderline insulting. It's it's an anti-Nazi <laughs> song, basically. It's a, it's a classic, you know, classic anti-Nazi song. Because in Germany, especially here in Dresden, we've had issues with um, national socialists mm-hmm. for, I mean, since forever. But it's been really bad in the past five years. And now with COVID hitting, it has gotten into... Um, uh, how do you call these conspiracy theories? Oh yeah, you know, yeah. a bunch of conspiracy theorists walking with Nazis, and it's it's a shit show. It's a shit show, literally. And now, the song um, we're having, the German song, is going to be about that. Then we have a really unusual song uh, for us, which is I can't even say what it is. Is it Stone Rock? It's not Stone Rock. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Mm-hmm. And then. Our first single, which is going to be far and beyond, is a bit of a disco number. It's disco. <laughs> oh my gosh! So kind of like, uh, yeah, you remember Kiss? I was made for loving you. <laughs> it, actually, a little bit like this. It's like Donna Summer meets uh, Judas Priest, something in the way. 
Oh my God, bring it on, girl. I want to see, I want to hear this. <laughs> Donna Summer meets Judas. That's like, <laughs> I can't even kind of put that in my mind what that would sound like. <laughs> Me neither. It just happened. It just happened because it was, this song was supposed to be for my solo project. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? This song in itself as an acoustic version is nice and all, but mm-hmm. just imagine this song with a four on the floor beat holy shit yeah we have to do this so yeah we called it disco down. metal at first <laughs> and now it's it's called far and beyond and i love that song so much and i can't wait to put it out it's ah it's yeah i i love it and i'm so excited for it that is so great like i am so excited to hear you know, more music from you guys. I mean, like I said, I've been such a fan since I first heard the, you know, the, you know, the reap the so and like, just, I, it's, it's so like refreshing, especially in kind of dark times where it's kind of a bummer, you know, to, to listen to that last Wukan album. And I, it just makes me like, you know, like I just want to dance around and you know (laughs) sing like you know it drives my wife crazy you know and I'm just like walking around I'm gonna leave you you know oh no that poor woman (laughs) (laughs) oh wow you know what I haven't listened to that song in ages um I'm gonna leave you it's not even on our uh, set list anymore because we have so many songs now and we usually only play like 60 minutes or what Uh 60 to 70 depending on the festival or occasion and yeah so we haven't played it in such a long time. But actually, when I recorded it, I was like dancing like this in the studio as well. I can hear it. I can totally. I mean, you can uh, you can just tell. It's like you just want to get down, you know, and just like you know. Get, uh, it, it, again, that's that's the beautiful thing about music, and one of the things I love the most about Wukan is that. Uh, listening listening to weekend to me is like a, is a is a journey and it's like listening to any of my other favorite bands like Jess and the Ancient Ones or Graveyard or you know Cadaver you know it's it, it's it's an escape you know and it i think that that is the best part of music like that is that you know like when i listen to you know i'm going to leave you i'm not depressed and i'm not thinking about like oh man the world outside sucks i just want to be like <laughs> And just like dance around, you know? Yeah, just, you yeah. Know. But see, that's that's exactly what we intended with this album. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the long pieces. They were supposed to be like a big journey. And since you mentioned it earlier, um, uh, the thing with the growth and the constant, you know, growth and confidence and everything, that's something that I, that I noticed as well. Because you only, I feel like we only get better with, mm-hmm with with an album you know with each and every album we are trying to do our best and you know learn from the mistakes and mm-hmm. putting this in air quotes mistakes from the previous releases because I, I feel like it's funny that a lot of people say well the first album is your best and then you're only going to to your music is basically going to turn to shits you know mm-hmm. then so, sometimes especially in metal in the heavy metal genre i feel like Sometimes that's actually true. Yeah. Some of my favorite releases from bands are their first releases. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We are truly trying to just exceed ourselves and, you know, push the boundaries. If we if we are successful, you know, only time's going to tell. Mm-hmm. 
I, I am not going to stop being a musician. This is, mm, no, it's not. So just trying to be better and better and better every single day. And I think that's the best part about being a musician, especially when you don't have to adhere to something like a major label or if like you're being expected to be commercially, you know, acceptable or friendly, you know, like, I mean, uh, you know, aging 10 years in two seconds, like you couldn't play that on the radio, you know, (laughs) but what I loved about that song is it goes back to what you said. It's kind of this musical adventure. It was and just listening to that song, I could hear the band kind of just losing yourselves in that song and kind of just yeah. saying, like, we're just going to go where this goes. Was that kind of how it was making that song? And, like, when did you know to fucking stop? Because that song could have gone on forever. And, I, I mean, I would have loved it. But at one yeah. point I was like, God, how do they keep going <laughs> this long? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, I wrote the majority of the song. Um, because I wanted to um, find my own limits, mm-hmm. so to speak, in, in terms of songwriting. This was like my baby, my experiment, so to speak. I wanted to see how far I can go as a songwriter. There's only a couple of parts that Tim wrote. Um, so, yeah, I actually planned on having a second one of mm-hmm. this, but this is where, you know, this law of assumption stuff comes in that I was talking about earlier. I know it's a bit on the woo-woo side, but this is a really de- depressed song and mm-hmm. it doesn't really end on a high note. And I was like, well, if I continue to write songs like this, I will eventually just be stuck in this mindset, so to speak. Right. Um, but the interesting thing about um, aging 10 years in two seconds is that I feel like only a few people truly understood it because it's made up like a little like a Pandora's box right you have a box and 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 then you know the centerpiece is Melinda um, I don't think on the streaming version it tells you what parts of the songs um, are named I have names for all of the parts of the song, but they're oh, not right. listed in the, in the streaming platforms. So it's kind of like a but suite anyway, of sorts, like a you know, it's kind of like a suite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit, you know. And um, the very beginning of the song and the very end of the song, they sound very similar. Mm-hmm. And then the next box, like the second part and the second to last part, they sound very similar. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, um, yeah, one of those little Russian dolls. Um, so yeah. Actually, I couldn't have go, gone on any further <laughs> because then I would have to have another box surrounding the whole thing. <laughs> and at some um, point, it does cause a level of stress for you because you're just like, okay, like this is a dark yeah. song and I'm playing it, but like I can't keep doing this. Yeah, truly. And, and you know what? Um, uh, we had to cut it. Um, it was actually three or four minutes longer, but we had to cut it just a little bit in order to get it on the on the vinyl mm-hmm. because otherwise it would have you know lost sound quality and stuff so yeah it was it was actually 25 minutes at first we had to cut that's it down amazing. to 21 minutes oh. how sad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great well god fran it's been so awesome talking to you i feel like I could talk to you all day. This is just, it's been such a great time. So before we sign off, I just have to ask you, um, you know, what have you been listening to lately that has 
kind of got you through it all? Oh yeah. Wait, where's my cell phone? Because I just, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I listen to Spotify a lot mm -hmm. because I'm, um, out and about a lot. So, and I just got this, um, how do you call it? Um, the, like the view of the year, the stuff that, Oh yeah. Oh, the, uh, yeah. The, um, yeah, like the year in review. Yeah. 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 yeah the year in review. <laughs> And it told me that my favorite song was How Long by Ace. And this is literally the song I have been listening to for, I don't know, five months mm -hmm. straight, every single hacking day. So that is something that I've been listening to. What else do I listen to? Because, oh, yeah, a lot of Judas Priest recently. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know... Even though I consider myself a Judas Priest fan, but they have so many albums that, I don't know, I found myself listening to one or three songs at most, maybe. Mm -hmm. And now I found out some other songs that they are so. Deceiver is one of my favorites. Of course, Sinner. So a lot of Judas Priest. And what else? There's one more song that I've been listening to, like, that I need to share with everyone. Oh, where is it? Oh, yeah, Babe Rainbow, Monkey Disco, which is very <laughs> fitting, very fitting to our disco song. <laughs> and who is that again? Babe Rainbow, Monkey Disco. Oh, my gosh. Really good song. It's it's just danceable and is a lot of fun when you hang out with your friends, which, of course, we can't do at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when we can, we're going to we're going to throw that on, you know. Oh, especially because I'm, I totally almost forgot to ask you this. Was there plans for Wukan to come to the States ever? Or, you know, are you looking forward to doing that in the future? Oh, yeah, we would love to come. I know from friends that it's a bit of a hassle getting there because mm. you have to have um, a special um, a special. How do you call it? Like a visa a visa? Yeah. Yeah. And it costs a lot of money. So it we had to tweak it and twist it in order to make it seem like we're tourists. And, mm -hmm. you know, we would need to have someone who, um, you know, gets us there and books mm -hmm. us some gigs, basically. Yeah. Because I, I feel like maybe in the U.S. we would have like one or two people who appreciate our music. Kind of always seems like it when I uh, check our emails. We get a lot of emails from u.s citizens uh -huh. and oh my god i would love to come back to the usa you don't believe it i miss the u.s so much well fucking tell cadaver that when they come back to tour just to throw you in some like luggage or something and bring you over and help. And they better you guys <laughs> they better do that <laughs> and if not you guys can just fly over here and play in my basement i'll bring some friends and we'll get some beers and it won't be so creepy looking i promise <laughs> Even if, even well, if it looks like our rehearsal room, so I'm used to that. <laughs> well, Fran, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and for, you know, for being on with me for so long. This is great. I just enjoyed our conversation. Thank you.